0: I feel like I'm going to talk to somebody today because our, our messages don't stop believing. And, uh, and so in, our, in our passage today, we're going to see a group of people who were on the verge of not believing. They lost hope because of circumstances they were in. But Jesus comes in and gives them a message that we can still use today. And that message is simply don't stop believing. So if you need a Bible today, we have Bibles. We would love to give you one. If you don't own one, we'd love you to have one to take home, not just for the service today, but to take home. If you need one, just raise your hand, and one of my service hosts will get you a... A Bible, but the verses will also be up here on the screen. So we are in Mark and we're in chapter 9 verses 14 through 27. Uh, and this is Jesus coming up on the scene and says, and when they came to the other disciples, Jesus and a few of his disciples came up on his other disciples. They saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. So that the teachers of the day are arguing with some of Jesus's disciples. Okay. And as soon as All the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder, and ran to greet him. Could you imagine being in the middle of a heated debate and Jesus just showing up? It says they were overwhelmed with wonder. Oh, what a moment that must have been like. I can't wait for that day. Sorry, that's just me. Uh, So as soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. So they left what they were doing. So what are you arguing with them about? He asked. And a man in the crowd answered, teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. So like stiff as a board. He said, I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. You unbelieving generation. Look how Jesus responds. I love how Jesus responds. You unbelieving generation. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? And here's why he was saying that. Because they brought the boy to the disciples, but they didn't bring him to Jesus. Brought him to God's people, to his disciples. And they couldn't do anything for him. And they failed to say, let's go to Jesus. And so he says... Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered, it has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Can you imagine saying that to Jesus? Hey, if, you, if you're not too busy, if you, if you can do anything, and Jesus goes, Challenge accepted. (laughs) And he turns and he cocks his head like a puppy hearing a strange noise and he says, if you can, he repeats back to guys, if you can, everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you to come out of him and never enter him again. And the spirit shrieked, convulsed with him violently, and came out. And the boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. So what's happening? Jesus is on the scene. And, and his, Jesus and his followers always had difficulty with the religious leaders of the day. And that's what Jesus walks up on is an argument. When he came along, they saw him, uh, the, 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 the religious leaders saw Jesus as a threat to their way of life, as someone who was trying to pull people away from their religion. But Jesus had come to give people freedom. He'd come to give them life. And so the problem was then for the people of Jesus' day is the same as the problem that, that, that we have today, is that the world is rough, Right? We face disappointments, busted relationships, financial hardships, loss of job, and the loss of people we love. We live in a world of great uncertainty. And so the belief that we have a God who loves and cares for us can be hard to grasp when we put that in light of our present reality. Isn't that hard? It's hard to have faith. It's hard to believe when we look at our world around us and it's so rough. In our text, a man has a son who's demon-possessed. And his son was overwhelmed with the presence of evil in his life, and his dad that was desperate for help. Anybody here ever been desperate before? Been desperate? Anybody ever been stranded on the side of the road with a flat tire? You become desperate. It doesn't matter. People that you wouldn't normally talk to are all of a sudden your best friend. You know what I'm saying? You are desperate to get some help. And so this guy was desperate, and he was desperate for deliverance. But his biggest obstacle in seeing it was the belief factor. He didn't have belief that his son could be set free. So here's a dad who more than likely has tried everything he knew to fix his son. Gone to doctors. He'd gone to the priests, He'd gone to the temple. I'm sure if you're in Jerusalem, there's this wailing wall. They go there and they pray. I'm sure this guy has fasted. I'm sure this guy has prayed. He has done every sacrifice possible. Everything he knew to do, he has tried and has been unsuccessful. And his son has remained bound. And so here's a guy who is desperate, but the one thing he's lacking is belief. I know there are people who face the same kind of thing, right? They, they, they want freedom, but they don't know where to find it. And it's here that Jesus gives, them, gives us some reasons that we need to hang on to belief in him. So, so what does faith look like? I think too often we think that faith is like this. It looks like this. I do believe in fairies. I do believe in fairies. I do, I do, I do believe in fairies. It's, I'm having faith right now, Right? No, no, that's not what faith is. So I think, I think a discussion on what faith is, is important. And then we'll get into how to, how you, how you, you live out that life and you don't stop believing. Okay. Because we, we think that faith is like this magic chant or that faith can be conjured. Like we can, if we say something enough that we start to believe it. And that's just, that's just not true. That's not what it is. Now there's nothing wrong with encouraging yourself in what you already believe despite your circumstances. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's not how faith comes. Now, Jesus, we look, go back to this verse. If you look what Jesus says, I, I think the father's response is interesting. Jesus says, if you can, well, everything is possible for one who believes. And immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Look, if you, if you look at that situation, he's doing exactly what I just said. Oh, I do believe. I do believe. I do believe. I do because he desperately wants to believe. He doesn't know how to have faith. He doesn't know how to believe. And I think oftentimes we're the same as this guy. We are desperate and we don't know how to believe and we run around chasing it. Well, God's over here. God's over there. We have no idea how to believe God for anything. How to have faith. What does that look like? But look what this, what, what this guy does. And I think it's awesome. Because there's a semicolon there. See, look, if you just read the Bible straight through, you're like, well, he just said he believed and then he asked Jesus to help him with his unbelief. So which is it? Is this guy Crazy. Is he bipolar? What's happening? And so what I think what's happening there is he goes, I do believe. And there's a pause. He goes, Yeah, no, I really don't. Help me with my unbelief. That's turning to Jesus. That's where faith begins. I don't, I don't really believe. I need help. And Jesus, in his grace and his mercy, and his providence heals the boy. Turning to Jesus is where that begins. So faith is the art of holding on to things in spite of your changing moods and circumstances. That's what C.S. Lewis said. The Bible says in Matthew 9, 29, According to your faith, it will be done to you. So let me ask you something. What are you expecting God to do in your life? The fact is, is we tend to get what we expect out of life, don't we? We tend to, to see what we expect to see. We tend to hear what we expect to hear. We tend to feel the way we expect to feel. We inevitably accomplish what we expect to accomplish. And this is, this is that law of faith, right? God says you get to choose because according to your faith, it will be done unto you. So what is faith? Faith is to have trust or assurance, confidence, conviction, belief, and total reliance in what God says. Trust that produces movement or action. Faith isn't something you can see. see we we, we want to see it. it. It really frustrates me because when you start talking about faith and you start talking to the people of the world, they're all confused, right? They the People want to see things. They want to grasp it. They want to measure it. They want to put it in a cup. They want a formula. They want to know how it works. If I do A plus B, then I get C, right? But that's not how faith works and science wants to measure it and they want to refute my faith in God they want to refute my faith in the Bible because they say well I, I can't measure that I can't wrap my brain around that so they come up with ideas and the only way ironically enough that they can dispute what I believe let's let's just take the idea of creationism for just a second and I'm sorry I'm going to be on a soapbox you have to forgive me I get to say what I want to up here <laughs> let's take creationism for a second I believe what the Bible says is true. And I believe that in Genesis, God created the world in six days. Period. Done. Done. But people want to come along and they want to say, well, evolution is actually the way that we got here. We all came from monkeys and single-celled organisms. And I'm like, really? Which one of you scientists saw that happen? Because that's what science actually is. It's the observance of something. It's the documentation of something. It's an experimental process. It's like going through these things. A plus B gives me C. That's science. That's science. But when you start saying, well, no, that's not true. This is actually true. I'm like, really? Your science requires you to have faith just as much as I am required to have faith. It's ironic to me. And people want to, want to dismiss our faith that way. But to have faith in Jesus unto salvation, oh, man, that's a gift from God. That's a gift. And we need to pray for that gift. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. Now, I know that is a tough verse to wrap your brain around. It just is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. What does that even look like? I know what substance is, What? but it's the things I hope for? Yeah. Look. Let me break it down for you, okay? I love the Amplified. Anybody read the Amplified Bible? The Amplified Bible does a great job of taking another language, because, you know, when you translate from another language into English, sometimes there is difficulty in the translation, right? So the translators pick one word sometimes to sum up like a whole sentence. And so the Amplified does a great job of exploding what that word really would have meant and giving it meaning, giving it, mm, I don't know, it's just a robust flavor, okay? So I don't know. Getting hungry. I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> It's the meat of the word, I guess. It's seasoned. It's nice. But the Amplified says it this way. Same verse. The Amplified says it this way. Now, faith is the assurance, the confirmation. Now, look. Do you know what a confirmation is? How many of you guys ever rented a car before? What do you get when you rent a car? You call them or you go online and they give you a confirmation confirmation number, right? Now, like, this is your confirmation number. All right. So I don't have a car right now. I'm going to go get a car that I expect to be there. Oh, and by the way, I've got this confirmation number. If you don't have that confirmation number, you're probably not going to get a car, especially if they've run out. But if you've got a confirmation number, they will jump through all kinds of hoops to make sure you get a car, maybe even upgrade you to that Prius. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so it's just the confirmation. Faith is the confirmation. That's your confirmation number and what God says. You have it. Even even though all you've got is a number. You've got a confirmation. The title deed of the things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. In other words, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. In other words, what you can see, what you can taste, what you can touch hear, what you can smell. I don't know if something you're hoping for smells good. That's your senses. But time and time again in the Bible, it says that if you only believe, then God will fulfill His promises to us. And it starts with believing. So there's this incredible power in belief. Faith sees the invisible, believes the incredible, and receives the impossible. In Ephesians 2.8, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. Look, even our very salvation. The fact that we are able to call on Jesus, we have that by faith. We haven't seen Jesus. Have you seen Jesus? I haven't seen Jesus. But I believe that he's real. I have faith. There's something inside of me that wells up and believes, and I am able to move because of that belief. I'm able to move towards salvation. I am able able to move towards freedom. I am able to be free, period, because of what Jesus did. That takes faith. And we just have to believe and doubt not. And when we do, there's this great blessing. Look at Thomas. Thomas, we, we know him. How do we know him? We know him as Doubting Thomas, right? That's his nickname. Because he was the guy who doubted Jesus was alive from the dead. Now I gotta be honest with you. I probably would align with Thomas. I'm just being honest. If I had walked with Jesus during that time, I'd be like, let me see. Let me see your hands. Let me see. Right? Because you, 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 we just assume that, that magicians and tricksters came like, you know, in modern day, like David Copperfield was the first one. Look, they, he was not. There were wizards and people that, were, that pulled all kinds of tricks during the day. And so I want you to look at this verse, and I want you to think about that for a second. John 20, 24 through 29. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So he didn't see him. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. I think I probably would line up with Thomas. Right? I think I would would have to do that. And so a week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Listen to the scenario. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Now at this point, Thomas still doesn't believe because he said, unless I put my fingers in, unless I hit put my hand in the side. So at this point, he's going, that was a good trick, Jesus. I don't know how you got in here, but that was awesome. You look like Jesus. Let me see your holes. Let me see them. Right? It's a magic show at this point. I'm just saying, let's just stop for a second and imagine if you were there. That's a good one. That's a good one. You guys got somebody to dress up like him, it looks a lot like him. There's tons of tons of Hebrews named Jesus or Yeshua. You know, big deal. Let me see the holes. And so Jesus says to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. And then Jesus said, because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. He's talking about us. He's talking about us because we believe in Jesus and we've never even seen him. We've never seen him. Yes, we see God at work. And and you say about Thomas, you say, well, he had faith because he saw. No, no, no. That's not correct. No. He believed because he saw. But we believe because we see through the eyes of faith. There's a difference there. There's a difference there. We are blessed because of that. So faith is like a light bulb, right? You turn it on when you can't see. That's what faith is. It allows you to see things. Augustine said, faith is to believe what we do not see. And the reward of this faith is to see what we believe. Ephesians 1, 17 through 20 talks about what happens when we believe. The kind of power we have access to. When we believe, there's this great power. It says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ... And this is this is my favorite verse. One of my favorite verses to pray over people. Look, the Bible is full of prayers. If you don't know how to pray for somebody, you don't know how to pray for pray for me or pray for the leaders of this church or pray for your husband or pray for your spouse, this, mark it down, is an incredible prayer to pray. You can pray it word for word for somebody else. Look, look what it says. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him in his right hand in the heavenly realms. That kind of great power... Is available for us who believe. What kind of power? You say, all right, so you can raise somebody from the dead, but, but what else? That that that's awesome. But like I don't have anybody that's dead that I want raised or like I'm not looking for anybody to, to for God to do that necessarily. Well let's let, let's talk about what that kind of power is, maybe. Ephesians 3, 20. He says, Now to him, he's talking about God, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, well, let me stop for a second, to God, now to him, let me address him for a second, who is able to do all and immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. That means that the moment that you can ask God for something, he can do immeasurably more. It means you can't even measure it, you can't even say, this is where it stops. He's able to do that. In fact, if you can imagine it or dream it, God's already passed it. That's the kind of power that we have access to. And, and the rest of the verse says, more than, we can all, uh, more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work, where? Within us. Within us. The Message Bible says, God can do anything, you know, far more than you can ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. So when we talk about faith, we talk about what you believe, Henry Ford said, if you believe you can, or if you believe you can't, you're right. It's truth. If you believe you can, then you can. If you believe you can't, then you can't. Faith comes in cans, and doubts come in cans. right? It's like Thomas the Tank Engine. The guy believed he could do something, and his belief set him, what, in motion. And then uh, while he's in motion, he's telling himself, I I think i can i think i can i think i can see this is when that chant is okay when you're already in motion acting on faith right when faith has already set your wheels going and you are headed down the track i think i can i think i can his i think i can led him to action to do something he believed he could and he did now are you saying that if we just repeat that no 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 i'm not saying if you just repeat i think i can i think i can that you can go run through a brick wall But look, if you're going to try that, let me know when you're going to do that. And I will be there to watch and video. We will make millions on YouTube. Okay? Just saying. Don't be silly. Look, in the early years, I want you to think about some of the technologies that we enjoyed. 1840, the scientists said anyone traveling at the speed of 30 miles per hour would surely suffocate. Hmm. Pretty sure I drove faster than that this morning. I was wondering why it was hard to breathe. I thought it was just because I was overweight, but whatever. 1878 Electric lights are unworthy of serious attention. Huh. 1901 No possible combination can be united into a practical machine by which men shall fly. Casey, can you confirm that information? Casey is a pilot. Yeah, okay. 1926 this is a scientist says this foolish idea of shooting at the moon is basically impossible. <laughs> 1930 another scientist to harness energy locked up in matter is impossible. Look if you believe that you can't then then you can't. Look there's there's this thing that's all over Facebook this week, Casey Catanzaro. You guys seen her? Anybody see that name? The girl who just the first female to ever win the American Ninja Warrior All right, so is my nerd showing again? I got you, I got you. It's all over Facebook. Like every time I looked on the feed, that that girl and her video and her picture was there because she's the first one. So many females before her have just said, I can't, I'm going to try. Yoda's like, yeah, you don't try. You do or you don't, right? I was going to do the voice, but Yoda. Yoda says, you believe that you can't, you can't. So there will always be people who say something can't be done. And it's what's sad is that that's what the experts say, right? 99% of them believe some of the things that we, we were just talking about. They believe they can't. But I want to dare you today to believe and to activate your faith. Believing is receiving and receiving is believing. Why? Because we first have to believe in something if we want to receive something into our lives. Look, Mark eleven twenty four 24 says, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer... Believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Look, there's caveats to this kind of stuff because I don't want you to think that God is a vending machine. Jesus is talking to his disciples, right? These are people that are submitted to God. Their hearts and their lives are submitted to Jesus. And so the things that they're going to pray for are going to line up with his will and with his word and his purpose and his life. So know that. Let's be contextual here. Don't just think that I can tell you to go out and pray for God to help you win the lottery. And you're gonna win the lottery. Like there are people that pray that prayer all the time. All the time. Mark nine twenty three says, If you can believe all things are possible to him who believes. Faith does not operate in this realm of the possible. There is no glory for God in that which is humanly possible. Faith begins where man's power ends. And so the world tells us to believe things when we see it, right? However, when we operate by God's principles, we have to learn to believe first, and then we will receive what we've already believed in our hearts. And believe is, this, is a verb. It's an action. It is a form of faith, so believing is faith and action. And faith holds a powerful force just waiting to be used by us. Believing is the process of receiving. Christians are called believers for a reason, right? Because they believe. And because we believe, we act a certain way. Now maybe you're new to Christianity and you don't know what that means, so let me, let me break down what faith should do for you. I'm going to break it down. How many of you guys believe in Santa Claus? Fantastic. Oh, we've got a couple of hands. Smart Alex. Look, at some point in time, you probably did. You believed. You had faith. In Santa Claus. And something inside of you, when you first learned about Santa Claus, activated, and you began to behave in a certain way, because you believed in a certain thing. You believe that there's a man up north who is making a list, He's checking it twice. He's going to find out who's not him nice.: Sorry, Kyle, he's not. We believe that, and so all year long, we've been a good boy. Who's been a good boy? (laughs) And when we haven't been a good boy or a good girl, we try to rectify those things because we want to be on the good boy list. Because if we're not on the good boy list, then we don't get the best presents at Christmas. We get a lump of coal. We believe this, and so we behave in a way that is according to that belief. When Christmas time comes around... Man, we go to bed and we can hardly sleep because we're so excited about the next morning and what kind of present is going to be sitting there. Did Santa come and did he eat my cookies? And so we get up in the morning we bound out of bed and we go down the stairs and we look and the cookie is is gone. There's nothing but crumbs. And if we look out on the front yard, there are reindeer imprints because our parents were cool or cruel. I'm not sure. But they made imprints like reindeers. And they even, sometimes they leave reindeer droppings so that we know that they were there. And there's sled marks in the snow and we're like... He was here. There's presence under the tree, and our tree is decorated and then lit up. We believe. Look, When you believe something, when you have faith in something, it activates something in you. It becomes part of, of who you are and controls and gives you direction in life. Faith in God's reality, though. I know I'm just being silly, but, but look at, at, at the comparisons here. Faith in God's reality and believing is putting into action that reality and tapping into the blessing of God. Jesus said that, that, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? There's an inscription on the walls in Cologne, Germany, where the Jews who eventually uh, perished were hiding from the Nazis. And it said, I believe in the sun even when it is not shining. I believe in love even when not feeling it. I believe in God even when he is silent. We believe. Faith is not something you can see. It's the substance of what you hope for. Hope is happy expectation of good. And we must dare to tap into faith and don't stop believing. We have to believe. So you say, Aaron? What do, you, what do I do? I, I need to have my wife help me write more sermons because I, I, I started preaching this to her. I got up from a nap yesterday and I started preaching it to her. I'm in the shower and she's going, "Preach on, white boy, preach on." She's just enjoying herself. She's going to town. Yeah, hair drying. She's going. <laughs> and I said, "What is this missing?" She said, "Well, what do I do if I stop believing? What do I do if I... What if what do I do if I feel tempted to stop believing?" I said, I oh, man, that's a good question." So I sat down and prayed and I. And I I thought, you know, yeah, what do I do if I'm losing faith? What what do you do if your husband and you are drifting? What do you do if your daughter's getting worse? She's sick and getting worse. What do you do when your son won't return your calls and you're you're concerned about what he's caught up in? Your boss wants to meet with you and you don't think it's going to be a good thing. You know, I've done good for so long in my addiction, but, but each day I feel closer to relapse. How do you continue to have faith in the midst of those circumstances how do you don't stop believing you know it's easy to get caught up in the cares of this world and to focus on them instead of what we see through the eyes of faith peter did it remember the story of peter walking on the water look there in the middle of a storm and jesus comes walking out cool as a cucumber on the water peter calls out to jesus lord if it's you tell me to come out And so Peter comes out and he's walking on the water. He's literally walking on faith. But what happens? The wind and the waves. Peter lost focus. He lost focus and he started to sink. So, what do we have to do? We have to persist. Look, persistence is to continue firmly or obstinately in an opinion or a course of action in spite of difficulty, opposition, or failure. Don't give up. Don't stop believing. Look, if Peter had focused and remained focused on Jesus, I am confident that he would have made it to Jesus and that they would have walked hand in hand, maybe to the rest of the way. Maybe they would have skipped instead of walked. Who knows? If he's walking on the water, why can't he skip on the water? Who knows? Here's the interactive part of the the sermon. You ready? Find a spot on the ceiling somewhere or on a wall. Pick one spot and persist in staring at it. Just pick one spot, 45 seconds. Go now, stare at it. The temptation will be, you can blink if you need to, but the temptation will be to look at what's going on around you. If there's any movement, you will feel the temptation to look. But I want you to focus on one spot and notice what begins to happen. See, when you begin to stare at one spot, your brain begins to let everything else fade out. Suddenly, the only thing you can see is the thing that you have decided to stay focused on. It is the thing that you have persisted in looking at. In other words, the cares of this world, if you'll stay looking at Jesus, will begin to fade. Your brain begins to set them aside if you will just continue to focus on Jesus. Okay, you can stop looking now. But did you notice it? Maybe you got like this blackout around whatever it was that you were looking at. Anybody experienced that? Where everything just began to fade. And the only thing that you could see is the thing that you were focused on. We have to remain focused. We have to remain persistent. In prayer. That's how we do it, is in prayer. Look, the persistent widow is in Luke 18:1. Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and never give up. In other words, persist. Persistent prayer. Mark 11, 22 through 24 says, Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, Go throw yourself into the sea, and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer... Believe that you've received it. And it will be yours. There is no situation too difficult in your life that God cannot turn around. You just have to believe. You just have to believe because we get what we believe for. When we have a problem in our life, God has a promise. Period. There is a promise for us. And we can stand on those promises. But we have to believe in the word of God. Believe and then we'll receive. So how do I know if I have faith? Well, here's your here's your indicator. If you have faith. Are you worried? Are you anxious? Some of you guys just like that. You like to be worried. You like to be anxious. And when I address it, you go, oh no, 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 I'm good right here. Look, worrying's like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. And if that's your bag, I'm gonna go on. I'm gonna keep moving because God knew that we were going to worry, he knew that we were going to fear. It's okay if you're caught in the middle of worry right now. But if you are worried, that is the opposite of faith. If you have anxiety in your life, that is the opposite of believing. Period. Period. Jesus knew this and he spoke to his disciples constantly. He gets up on the boat, you know, he's sleeping and there's winds and waves and he's sleeping down there and they're like, "Jesus, don't you don't you fear that we're going to perish?" He's like, "Why are you afraid? Why are you afraid?" He's giving them the Bobby McFerrin treatment. Don't worry. Be happy. So, so you say, well, Aaron, what do I do if I'm worried? Don't leave me hanging here. Don't, don't close. Don't pray. I know some of you want to go. But for those of you that experience anxiety or are experiencing anxiety over a circumstance in your life, what do I do? I'm glad you asked. Because it's okay. First of all, I'm not, I'm not judging you. God knew that we would worry. One of the number one things Jesus did on a regular basis to his disciples, and that's what we are, right, as disciples of Christ, as he spoke to them and said, don't fear. Don't worry. Don't be afraid. All the time. Because he knew that that's what was going to happen to us. So if you are experiencing that, don't worry. Here's what you do. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Write it down. Write it down. It's up on the screen. Do not be anxious about anything. In other words, don't be worried. About anything. Well, but Aaron, you don't understand my situation. It's different than you've ever heard before. You don't understand what I'm going through. You don't understand the difficulty of it. No, look, that says every situation. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation. That's, that's the word of God, folks. That's what we believe is truth. Every situation. By prayer and petition. It means we're talking to God. We're going to let him know what we want. We're going to let him know what is bugging us, what's difficult for us. With Thanksgiving, now this next part is the hardest part. You say, Aaron, am I supposed to say, hey, God, thanks for the trouble I'm in right now. Thanks for these tough circumstances. I really appreciate it. I like not having sleep at night, I like having acid reflux. Thanks, God. That's ridiculous. Don't be silly. But let me tell you something, you have a life full of experience prior to this point where God has been faithful to you. You can call to memory the times that God has been faithful to you and thank him for his faithfulness in the past. Because when you begin to remember how faithful he's been to you, it helps you to focus on Jesus and not on the winds and the waves and the cares of this world. So he says, with thanksgiving, saying, God, I know that that I don't have the power to do this, but I know that you do. You have immeasurable power that is for me and it's at work in me right now. So I know that I can trust you. Thanks, God. So with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. What does that mean? That means that when you're going through it, somebody's going to look at you and say, Sarah, how in the world do you have peace? Why are you so calm? I'd be losing my ever-loving mind right now. They're going to look at you and think you're crazy because you have peace that they don't understand. They don't know anything about it because it's not of this world. And that peace will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. In other words, he's giving you the Bobby McFerrin treatment. Don't worry. Be happy. Took it there, Ken. I did it. Have faith. And this is how you have faith. Worry is just that opposite. Overcome it through prayer. This is my last verse I'm going to give you. It says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. But God doesn't simply answer prayer because we have a specific need. He answers our prayers when we pray persistently and we believe. So will you let your faith go to waste? Because God is searching for those who will believe. And as a result of their belief, that faith and action, they will receive. There's so much blessing, guys. There's so much to experience if we believe and don't stop believing. Let's pray. Bow your heads.